Welcome to In-Depth, a Kingdom Life Church podcast where we can sit down over a cup of coffee and talk to the people we love about the things that intrigue us. Now settle in as we go In-Depth. All right, welcome back to another edition of In-Depth, a Kingdom Life Church podcast. I'm Spencer Lloyd, I'm your host. It's a privilege to be here and an honor to sit down with some really amazing people uh, and what I love is that these people are not people that are all across the nation. I'm not Skyping in experts from everywhere else. These are people in our body who you are sitting next to every single week in our building on Sunday nights. And so I think that's a great thing. So today we have Tyler Drez back. What's up, Tyler? Hello. And uh, first, let's, let's make sure that uh, we get rid of the enigma around how to pronounce your last name because we've heard... Dress batch and dress bach, <laughs> dress bach. So how do you how do you want people to say it your last is name? Scratch my back, Tyler dress back. Tyler, yes. Tyler dress back. Okay, <laughs> there we go. So now you know if you're listening and you've been intimidated and you haven't spoken to him, Tyler. I'm sure that there are people who haven't come up to you because they just don't know how to say your last name. Yeah, that's a shame. I know. Well, now you are released from that fear. No more fear. Hey, well, what I like to start every podcast with is I like. For you to introduce yourself so people know who they're who they're listening to. So give us some give us some details. Where are you from? What's your family like? Where'd you go to school? All that all the all the important deets. Yes, yeah, so I, I grew up in central Ohio, grew up on a farm there, uh, south of Columbus, and then graduated from Taylor University in twenty fifteen. Stuck around the area with one job and then moved to where I am now, which is a high school teacher at a private alternative school uh, right. called Kinwell Academy here in Marion, and that's a blast. I love it. Um, and it gets me to serve part-time at church, too, which is awesome uh, that I get to serve in both roles. So Cool. So, yeah. okay, so you went to that other school over in Upland. The other school, yes. The other school, because I'm an IWU grad, so we have to refer to, it's like the name which shall not be spoken. <laughs> not really, I love Taylor, and I'm, I love it more and more, because I have very good friends who work there, and who obviously, like you, have graduated from there. And so, but what did you study at Taylor? I studied public relations. See, so, okay, this is really important, I think, for our listeners to understand that Tyler probably could have studied worship or music or something mm-hmm. at Taylor, but he studied public relations. He's now a high school teacher at an alternative school. Whoops. <laughs> so there's already a disconnect there, but he's also the worship pastor yes. at Kingdom Life Church. Is that your official title? Is that what we would call you? Yeah, that Worship works. pastor. Worship okay. guy. Worship guy. The worship dude. Yeah. The lead worship lead leader. worshiper. <laughs> the, the lead worshiper. Um, okay, so how does all that stuff connect? And so we, w- you are what we would call, and myself as well, bivocational ministers. Yeah. How does all that make sense and connect in your life, in your world? The fact that your undergrad is in public relations and now you're a high school teacher with at-risk youth, but you're also a worship pastor. Yes. Yeah. At times it can be overwhelming, but I think the Lord is uh, gracious and has at least called me to it in this season. Um, but so coming to Taylor, I didn't go, I need to be a bivocational minister in whatever capacity that looks like. And being a worship leader was not on my grid at all. Um, but I was, so I was kind of debating between Bible and something else. And I ended up being an audio production um, because I wanted to uh, 
have a more like tangible skill set that I could offer to the body um, or to, to offer to a ministry that I would be a part of rather than just uh, Bible knowledge, at least at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I still have desires to study the Bible more and especially seminary in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just not yet. And I'm fine with that. It'll happen when it does. And, you know, I'm just, I'm where I am right now. So yeah. it's, it's good. Um, so you, you took a class in audio production. I took a few and okay. then I switched to, to PR because I felt that actually uh, was kind of like more of my skill set um, in terms of communicating with people. Uh, like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing and I enjoyed uh, what I emphasized in, which was design. So writing and design really was fun for me. And so that's why, that's why I stuck with that. Okay. Um, and it's, it's proved itself to be very uh, fruitful because in my, I got my first job that helped me stick around in the area in marketing and then uh, for my current school, I built the website for it, and I taken all the pictures, and I did, did you p- press design the, design the logo? No, we actually. I well, they asked me if I wanted to, and I said I'd rather bring in someone else okay. for that because contract with somebody else. I'm more just like <laughs> I can get you a flyer that you need, and it'll get the job done. But okay. I didn't want to design the logo. Yeah. Um, but so it's cool because I found myself able to do a lot of things for a lot of different people, and yeah. And not put myself in like a ministry box where you're like, oh, well, I want to serve the Lord. Do I have to like preach? Do I have mm-hmm. to serve in the church in this way? And yeah. You don't. I think um, I've heard Banning Liebscher say this probably more than anybody else, that uh, there are so many people called to the ministry, but only like 2% of those who feel called will actually be behind a pulpit. Yeah. The other 98% are going to be working with at-risk youth. Yes. Um, are going to be fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really believe my mom, this just came to my, my mom actually has an, an eyelash business. She like <laughs> yeah. puts on eyelash extensions, <laughs> but it's totally a ministry because yeah. she's there and she's praying over these women as she's doing it and she's loving on them. So, um, that's really cool. So, um, you, you kind of got at this already. Uh, but you, the question I have is that, did you always know you'd be a worship leader? No. I mean, when did, when did that thing actually start? Like how, so you play guitar. Do you play any other instruments? Uh, I can beat a box okay. with my hands and <laughs> okay. keep somewhat of a rhythm. Okay. So, <laughs> so, but when did all that start? Cause I mean, you're, you're fairly proficient on guitar. It's been fun to watch you, uh, your, your, uh, journey into electric guitar over the, the last mm-hmm. six months or so. Um, but when did all that start? You know, it's funny. I joke about it now and I think I've joked about it with you before. But so in high school, I was just like your typical jock, free sport athlete, and made fun of people in choir. <laughs> Guys like me. <laughs> Guys like you. <laughs> um, and, you know, like my friends and I, we joked about it. Because, I mean, I had friends in choir, so it wasn't like I was like, harassing them or anything. But, like, that was my mentality was, mm-hmm. like, I'm a jock. I'm not a music guy. Um, but then, really, I would say my senior year in high school was when I really started experiencing more of a heart for worship. And it happened through going to International House of Prayer in Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, where you know a lot of things the Holy Spirit opened up to me, but also, well, not even also, I would say especially worshiping passionately did. Mm. Or maybe the revelation that things can happen in worship. 
Um, like it's not, it's not supposed to be stale or boring. Mm. Um, and if worship's boring to us, it's probably because we're boring, like, Mm -hmm. because Jesus is not. So if, if I'm getting bored with that, uh, I need to check inside myself. So, uh, whenever I was growing up in church, worship was boring to me. So I didn't, I didn't really like music. I listened to rap. Which was exciting to me. That music. <laughs> that, that, that devil music. That devil music. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, in all honesty, uh, listening to Lecrae, Trip Lee, Tadashi, some of those guys who uh, were some of the core start of what is now kind of Christian hip hop and mm-hmm. other realms of that, that is where I learned how to worship initially. Mm. Um, when I started following Jesus, that was my worship music. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, it translated well into sports. Like, I could listen to it before a game or whatever. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, but it's cool because then after my experience at IHOP, like it just opened up a whole lot more. Like, wow, like when I worship, things change in the spirit and I'm engaged in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And I'm engaged with the word at the same time. Like it's not, these things don't oppose each other. And Yeah. Uh, so then when I came to Taylor, I uh, didn't play any sports. And so that was an adjustment for me. And so what I found myself doing was just worshiping with people instead of trying to get better at basketball or hitting baseballs, like what I was doing in high school. Yeah. Um, and so that just led to me picking up a guitar and watching YouTube videos to get my G chords down. And Now, I think there's a story around your first guitar as well, right? Is that the one that was like left upstairs in an attic someplace? Oh, that was, that was the first electric guitar. First electric guitar. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine was visiting and... He's, it was when Taylor was leaving for the summer and someone just walked up to him and like, Hey, I've had this guitar in the attic for years. I don't want it anymore. Do you want it? <laughs> and he was visiting from Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. And so he was like, well, if I bring, bring it back on the plane, I'm going to have to pay 50 bucks or whatever yeah. to <laughs> ship it. So he just gave it to me and thus my electric guitar experience cool. began. Began. It was an Epiphone dot <laughs> and it was... Not in able shape. to stay in tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love what you said about if we are bored in worship, then the problem is not with Jesus, it's with us. Mm-hmm. Something that my parents always used to say to my brothers and I growing up, if we'd be like, we're bored, they'd say uh, something along the lines of, there's really no room for boredom in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Because it, I mean, if you're tuned into the spiritual realm, there's stuff happening all the time. Mm-hmm. God never sleeps. The angels aren't sleeping. There's always something happening. And so if we're keyed into that and focused on what's happening in the spiritual realm, there really is no room for boredom. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And I think part of that too, and because that's, that's not to be shameful, um, because so many experiences that we can have in worship uh, are or can be engaging, I think, if we align our hearts to, to be content with what happens. Mm-hmm with our relationship with the Lord. Um, and I, cause I can see that there's sometimes an overemphasis on emotionalism mm-hmm. where it's like, if I'm not having this emotional encounter, mm-hmm. if I'm not weeping in tears on my knees, yeah, then it wasn't as good of a worship time as last week. Yeah. Uh, but like in reality, it's like sometimes you just got to sit and read your Bible during worship. And that's just as much of an encounter mm-hmm. as weeping. And on I the think floor. that, <clears throat> that gets to this whole thing about comparison, mm-hmm. which it, I love this quote, the comparison is the greatest thief of joy. 
right? And so, yeah. you know, it, the word tells us that for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. And we're recording this during Holy Week, so there's not much better time of the year to remember that verse. But this idea that if, you know, if we're really partnering with Christ in his suffering, partnering with him in his resurrection, then we get to partner with him in his joy. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the moment that we start comparing even our encounter in worship with somebody else's or our encounter with our own encounter last week or what we think it should be like, then we're robbing ourselves of that joy that the Lord wants to give us in that moment. Yeah. Uh, so what are some practical, I didn't have this question down, but what I'm, I'm thinking this is good to ask. What are some practical ways that people can partner with what's happening in the moment in worship? Like how do people um, get keyed into what's happening in the spiritual realm? during worship so that they can effectively partner with that? Yeah, that's a great question. My first thought was one of the core values of our church is everyone plays. And this goes along with what we talked about earlier with my vocational ministry and not being a high school teacher, but I am one. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, So everyone plays. Everyone has access to the Holy Spirit, same mm-hmm. level. Everyone can prophesy. Everyone can pray for healing. Everyone can interpret scripture, you know, like the list goes on. Um, so like in in a body, whether it's like a congregation, like on a Sunday, or just generally speaking, like the culture of a body, uh, putting yourself out to, to take risks and go, okay, like, I want to see this happen. Like, it doesn't matter what I've experienced before, or like, if I've been wrong on a prophetic word before, like, I'm going to go after it in this way. And, uh, I think from the, from the everyone plays mentality that we all get to participate. Um, the, the idea of risk taking is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and allowing people to take risks and which I think is something I've learned a lot, just coordinating worship teams Mm -hmm. because I found that the more diverse of people are on worship teams, the better (laughs) the teams are. Mm. Um, so it's it's really easy for me to find people that are really like me and like all the same songs I do mm-hmm. and go, all right, let's just, let's just only play together. Th- that is funny that you, cause it's kind of this joke that, and I serve on a worship team periodically. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's this joke that on the teams we're like, well, if, if Spencer's on the worship team, we know we're going to sing like a lot of Helser songs. <laughs> yeah. And if, if Tyler's leading, we're going to be doing United Pursuit uh-huh. or uh, Hillsong, uh-huh. right? Yeah. yeah. And so um, that it's funny that you should mention that. But I think that you're exactly right when we come together because um, unity in the body doesn't mean uniformity. Mm-hmm. I think the truest expression of unity is diversity. Because if we ascribe to the belief and what the word says about God being infinite, then that means that there's an infinite number of representations of the Father. Yes. And the more that we can experience that in any context, the more the more uh, authentic our experience is going to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's been fun for me to even experience uh, allowing others to, to do things where it's like something happened in a worship set and I'm mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't have done that. But I'm like, that went awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I feel like I can put my finger on a few of those when I'm on stage <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to try something different yeah. here. <laughs> Which, like, part of that uh, learning how to engage with the spirit more is just, like, being okay with failing at something. Yeah. Like, even in front of 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because, you know, like we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. I think that's such a important thing I've learned uh, in developing myself into a worship leader because from the start, I have not been able to take myself. I, I can't take myself too seriously because I am not good enough of a musician to take myself <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Uh, like it, it is not dependent upon my ability to play guitar yeah. for the Holy Spirit to show up. Like, I mean, I, I, one time I was on a mission trip in Fiji and this worship leader, I mean, he was just strumming the G chord for like 10 minutes. I am not joking, <laughs> but people were worshiping. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, everyone was engaged. Like the spirit was there. He was seriously only singing on the G chord and like, he would like kind of modified a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean, that That's was pretty it. much there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That, that makes me think of, um, again, it's, it's very cliche, but I think it captures your story is that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call, mm-hmm. right? So the Lord had this idea of you as a worship leader, and then he, in, he um, positioned you to have these experiences, this encounter at IHOP, these other mm-hmm. things along the way, and that, have, that then fan this flame that he put there in the first place. So yep. that's really cool. Um, so going back to this whole idea of actually being a worship leader, uh, what do you think, let's, let's pick three. Do you think that you could come up with three important characteristics a person should have who wants to, or feels called to being a worship leader? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this larger than the general, uh, qualifications we see like in scripture for leaders in the church and kind of the obvious ones, like Love God and love people. Like, um, <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Because, I mean, honestly, like, that's that's the biggest thing. Like, I care about someone's character so much more in their leading worship mm-hmm. than their ability to, to actual, like, play worship. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, kind of that next step down, uh, I would say um, probably that, that taking risks is a big one for mm-hmm. me. Um because what that shows is humility, uh, be, like which is ultimately like what's really important is the mm. humility aspect. Yeah. Um, because if I if I put it upon myself to for for people to encounter God in worship, like it's just not going to work, and I'm always going to fail. Mm-hmm. And if it seems like things do happen, then I'm going to be puffed up. Yeah. Then and, you build your own ego. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Like that, that risk taking with humility, I think is, uh, I guess that's one or two. I'm not really sure. Yeah, no, that's uh, good. That's good. Um, I mean, but, even if that's all there was, that's good enough. Do you have something else to add though? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would kind of add to that um, a, a surrender mm. to uh, your church's mission mm. or those around. You might, not, you might not be leading in the context of a church. It could be like a ministry organization or whatever it could be. <clears throat> But my, my worship leading is only to serve the church. It's not about me expressing me. Mm. Uh, like we, we encourage ex- expression, mm-hmm. but it's not for the sake of me putting my yeah. work out there or That's putting cool. myself out there. Yeah. Uh, it is for the sake of the building up the body, which is what Paul talks about with spiritual gifts and yeah. the purpose of them. Uh, so so which that, I think, well, and I think, I think that if the first century church had been <clears throat> framed a little differently. You know, this is something that I've I've thought about is that Paul listed nine spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to this idea that God is infinite, like it seems a little strange to think that, yeah, we serve an infant God, but he's only got nine spiritual gifts for you. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and not to mention the first time that we hear about the spirit of the Lord coming on somebody, it's for woodworking. 
in the Old yeah. Testament. So, like, sure, there's. I, I think that it's it's fair. It's probably logical, and uh, I think that we're on solid theological footing to say that okay, worship leading is probably a spiritual gift. Like mm-hmm. the Lord equips people specifically for. Yeah, anybody can can like step up and play the piano or something, but not everybody carries the anointing to do so. Yep. So yeah, I think that using those that that those chapters to help frame that is really a healthy thing to do. Yeah. And then I want to throw in one more thing. This is something I think I've learned in the last year of serving in the role of kingdom life. Uh, elevating the body's voice. Hmm. Like actually like physically during worship. Hmm. Um, like we, we could just do worship with no instruments and it would be just as acceptable and worthy to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a purpose with instruments that they can, they can uh, speak in a different way that like our voices can't. Mm-hmm. So in the same one that someone could like sing a prophetic song, like, you know, someone can do a prophetic melody on the piano or the violin or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Um, or like the way someone plays a drum, like exactly going out of a bridge into a chorus, like it mm-hmm. speaks something about what the song is actually encouraging in us. So there's value in it. But uh, I have found that the most important thing for for me in terms of how I serve the church is that the body's voice would be most heard. What does that look like uh, practically? Uh, not singing in the key of Phil Wickham. <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Kilala. Uh, yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, I love both of those artists. They but have if you do a song, yeah. take it down. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so because what we what we've learned practically, and and I know this, I um, from studying worship a little bit in college is that like when songs get uncomfortable for the body to sing, they just stop singing. Mm-hmm. They don't try to figure out how to find a harmony. They don't exactly figure out yeah. something else. They check out. Yeah, and if worship is supposed to be like Martin Luther had it, you know, he hit the nail on the head on this one. One of his big rebukes to the Catholic Church in his ninety five theses was that worship should be a corporate. Um, expression, a corporate um, uh, activity, you know, and and where it had been, the Catholic Church was only doing quote-unquote worship in Latin, and this was a language that the people didn't know. Yes. Like, so how are these, you know, his point was, how are people supposed to connect with the Lord when everything's happening in a different language? Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe perhaps if you're listening to this, you've experienced that, you've gone overseas you've been in a worship context somebody someplace else in another country where they don't speak English. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that that's a very uh, translatable experience to this whole thing of, like, not singing in the key of Phil Wickham. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I can't relate to that, so I'll just sit down and wait until <laughs> I can. But that's a great example uh, because that, one of the other experiences I had in on this trip in Fiji was uh, this, the services were in English, and then at one point, the electricity went out. And so, like, all the instruments didn't work or anything like that. And so they're like, all right, we're just going to sing, like, some Fijian hymns now. Oh. And, like, my team was like, well, we can't participate. But it was maybe one of the closest experiences I've had to experiencing heaven wow. during a song in my life. Mm-hmm. Because these people... Wait, you mean God doesn't speak English? <laughs> Not always. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they told us afterwards what they were singing. And it was, I mean, it was traditional hymn. I don't even remember exactly what it was. It, I mean, it was good lyrics. Mm-hmm. But what was behind it was 
they were singing their language. Their hearts were connected. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I still sometimes close my eyes and think back to that memory. I'm just like, that's what heaven's going to sound like. Mm. Like, it, it, yeah, it stirs me up even just thinking about it right now. That's um, cool. Yeah, one of my favorite worship passages in the Bible is in Revelation where it talks about the people from all the different tribes mm-hmm. and all the different tongues praising him all at the same time. Yeah. And just like, you know, to our minds now, that probably sounds more like cacophony than <laughs> than music. But there, you know, it's going to be a completely different ballgame. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting, though, and I think uh, maybe I'm just making this connection now, like our mandate was to bring heaven to earth. And so that experience of everybody participating in worship is exactly what you, no pressure, it's exactly what you're called to do. Yes, yeah. In in the body is to engage everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, okay, I didn't plan this question either. Uh, how do you, how do you avoid um, a feeling of failure yourself if a worship set bombs? Yeah. Like you feel like you're up there and, and you've prepared, so you've had a rehearsal, you've had a run through, uh, and, and everything was okay, or maybe it was even really good in the rehearsal mm-hmm. and then it gets the service and the whole thing just implodes, whether musically, whether it's just spiritually dead, like what's your process in those moments to remind yourself that, uh, okay, this isn't really about, like, I didn't fail. Like, do you have something that you go to that you turn to in moments like that? Uh, I turn to friends. Okay. Yeah. Like getting their feedback. Mm-hmm. And because my friends are awesome, it's it's constructive. Because mm-hmm. um, there could be multiple reasons why it, it, it bombed. Yeah. Um, let's just assume that it was because I missed something okay. or I did something wrong. <laughs> okay. They are, they are still going to encourage me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always the case that it's like my fault necessarily. Right, like right. There's, I mean, I've been a part of worship sets where it's just like, what was going on there? And then we find <laughs> out later that there was like an incident in the room that happened that... Mm-hmm cause division and, and like we spiritually felt that division when yeah. we we're leading worship. Yep. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, so, so I think my biggest thing is, is the community that's around me. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I say friends very intentionally because, uh, everybody's got an opinion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel, how many emails a week do you feel? I hate that song. <laughs> Why do we sing that song again? Luckily I don't get that much pushback at church. I've the, the church, or I'll, I'll say some churches I've been around, there is a lot more pressure on worship leaders. Yeah. I've noticed um, for people to kind of get their way, if you will, in worship. And mm-hmm. I don't think any of that's helpful no. to the body. Well, it's um, not. <laughs> because honestly, like one worship style is not elevated above another. And, right. you know, you can't put expectations on other people to meet those demands <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if, if they're not necessarily even connecting with something. And it's just... You get messy when you start messing with that. Oh, for sure. Well, and for our listeners, I can say that um, I can attest to Tyler's willingness to seek out, uh, I, I was going to say correction, I mean, but just input. And and because he's come to me before and asked me those questions. Mm-hmm. And I've I've actually said before to other people about our relationship that I just love that like we honor and love each other so much that if you see something in my life, you know you can come to me and be like, dude, that's not right. And that I can receive it. And, and I'm not going to be broken and crushed and offended and, and hate you. I'm going to say, 
oh wow, thanks for like I'm gonna really pray about that. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. And the same the same goes the other way too. I feel like I can come to you and say, Tyler, you know, when you said that or when you did that, I'm not really sure that was right or that or that hurt me or that hurt so and so. You know, did you think about that? And you're gonna you're gonna really take it to heart. You're not just gonna dismiss it. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, and that just goes along with the humility factor of what you need. Um, really, I mean, to serve in any capacity in the mm-hmm. church, but that is one example of how it specifically applies to worship. Um, and and I think part of humility, too, is having a short memory. Um, oh, that's super important. Like, I mean, this is... I, I love relating things to sports just because I, f- I feel like sports is like my... It's your language. It's Yeah. <laughs> like, and when Tyler's but, done, I will interpret that in the verbiage of the fine arts. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but, like, I mean, going out playing baseball, like, if I... If, if you miss a ground ball, like go through your legs or whatever, like if, if you're thinking about that, the next at bat, the next ground ball that's hit to you is going to go through your legs too. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how good you are. Like that's just like you are self-fulfilling that yeah, thought, that negative sure. thought in your head and it doesn't do anyone good. Nope. <laughs> yeah. In, in show business, the show must go on. That's yes, what we say. exactly. Yeah. You miss a line, you, the show goes on and you don't keep thinking about the line you missed. You, yeah. You get ready for your next one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Hey, well, uh, we're going to take a break real quick. We've got a short um, announcement for you to listen to, and then we will be right back to finish up our interview with Tyler Dressback. We want your feedback. Do you have questions about a Kingdom Life sermon you heard recently? Or maybe you have a topic suggestion for the monthly in-depth podcast. If that is you, please send them our way. Submit your thoughts and questions to us via Instagram, Facebook Messenger, or you can email them to spencer.kingdomlifechurch at gmail.com. Of course, you can always feel free to chat with us on a Sunday night as well. We look forward to interacting with you, and thanks for listening to In Depth, a special edition of the Kingdom Life Church podcast. All right, welcome back. And we're going to finish up here with uh, our guest today, Tyler Dresback, the worship pastor at Kingdom Life Church. Uh, Tyler, Proverbs 29:18 says, where there's no this is the passion translation, where there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray, but when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Another translation says, uh, where there's no vision, uh, the people perish, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Yeah. So um, with that being the context, do you feel like the Lord has given you a vision for the worship ministry at Kingdom Life Church? And if so, what is that? Yes, that that's such a great thought. And I'll start by saying this. Uh, this goes back to one of the qualities of a worship leader that I said is uh, admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, that they are serving the vision of their church. Mm, yeah. So when we, as as Kingdom Life Church, uh, established our values last summer, mm-hmm. um, or I'd say reestablished them, um, I for about a month I was just set on defining my own values for worship, mm-hmm. um, and I hadn't given it much thought. I was like, oh, I should just do this because, like, why not? It makes sense to like it's good to get some values. Um, but then I forget when it was, but I sat down to start on it and I felt the Lord steering me in the direction of you have your values, you have mm-hmm. your church's values. 
this is not a separate thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is to serve and edify the church, not build a worship ministry. Mm. Now it'd be different if like if we had some sort of direction for the worship of Kingdom Life and we start Kingdom Life Records and yeah. you know, like <laughs> preview what's to come mm-hmm. like <laughs> ideas. No, uh, not not right now. <laughs> um, but that that itself, I think, helps me look at um, what exactly I'm doing is solely to serve the church, and that's that's kind of my vision for my role. Mm-hmm. Um, that whoever I have with me in worship in whatever capacity I'm serving, it is simply service. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's that that comes out in some practical things, um, like. Like I, I consider like the sound, the sound booth person, just as much part of the worship team as someone on stage. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of like a culture culture switch that doesn't happen in a lot of churches. Like usually mm-hmm. it's just like, like oh the sound guys, kind of like doing it for the worship team. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's healthy. And mm-hmm. um, it's I I've seen Jesus Culture do this really well in the in the conferences that we've been with them where they. They just like adore their sound man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he yep. he makes them sound great, um, and and so like even like that mindset of like the service is like the most honoring thing. Mm. Uh, I think that's that's really what personally makes me do things the way I do them, or at least try to anyway. <laughs> I want to do the best I can. Um, but then second. Uh, in terms of specifically like when we have a 30 minute, 40 minute worship time at church, um, I'll say the biggest one is, is really to engage with God. Um, like doing whatever, whatever is right for someone to, to come into that encounter. You could look at it. I I like the word engagement because it's, to me, it seems more broad, Mm -hmm. um, when you say encounter, we think of, you know, like I was manifesting in the spirit and yeah. speaking in tongues it's and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so not that I don't like the word encounter, but uh, that is something that uh, I can set people up to do much better. Um, like whether it's the order of the song, the songs that you choose, mm-hmm. um, where you read a scripture or where you pray a prayer um, or like me like looking at you or like looking at Amanda, like sing that prophetic song you're singing right now, like put it into the mic, like, like all those things can yeah. lead to, to, uh, serving the church better mm-hmm. in that way. Um, and so part of that too is like not encouraging or not, not encouraging, not discouraging people's different processes with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to get in the way of someone who's just like, all I can do right now is sit in a chair. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I can't, I can't stand up and lift my hands to the Lord. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. Um, like, I think there's definitely times to do things in worship that you don't feel like doing. Mm-hmm. But like, I am not the judge of that person's heart to command everyone yeah. lift your hands. Do like, it now. <laughs> like, um, which like, I mean, there'll be times where I'll invite people to do things like that mm-hmm. from from the mic. Yeah. But uh, my my goal is that it's never forcing someone's process. Yeah. Um, and, and that just goes along with serving people well, but then also, uh, being unified in the body, then not everybody has to be 
at the same spot or in agreement with something, mm-hmm. but that we would at least be uh, together, um, which I think is just really important for that unity. That's good. Ephesians 2. Yeah. So, and uh, you mentioned the Kingdom Life core values, and if you're listening and you're not sure what those are, you can find those at kingdomlifedisciples.org. That's our church's website. And those are under the, um, what is it, the About Us page. And uh, those are Rise and Shine, Everyone Plays, Family Room Living, A House Well Built, and Tangible Wonder. And if you want to know more about each of those, you can head over to the website and check that out. Um, yeah, that process of, of uncovering those was, was really a, a cool it's very fun. thing to do with the leadership at Kingdom Life. Yeah. Um, so, man, that's really good. Well, um, this is the final question I'd like to ask everybody. Um, I'm going to ask you this question, and then uh, the very last thing I'm going to have you do is I'm actually going to have you pray for our listeners. And um, I, I want you to uh, really just follow Holy Spirit as you're praying. But some of the things specifically that you've talked about that I feel like the Lord has highlighted is this idea of risk-taking and this, this service and humility um, to people around them. And I think that what's beautiful about those is those are not characteristics that are good only in worship leaders. Those are characteristics that are good in living beings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are alive and if you are doing life with people, which is probably anyone who happens to be listening to a podcast, uh, then uh, Tyler, I'm going to ask Tyler to pray for that and that you would have um, an encounter with the Lord that would pull you into those things or magnify those things if you're already walking in them. But before we get to that, uh, so Tyler, you're 25 years old. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give 20-year-old Tyler, so go back five years, about worship leading and or walking with the Lord? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's been prophesied over me often is a heart like David, mm-hmm. um, meaning a, a man after God's heart. And there was one season of my life, one summer I spent, it was out in Tacoma, Washington with the, the Catalyst Ministry. Um, I, <clears throat> at the beginning of that ministry, received a prophetic word from someone who was praying for me that it would be uh, uh, an, an intimate season that summer. She said, I feel like you should study the life of David and that will unleash some things in your life. Mm. So I downloaded uh, Mike Bickle from IHOP, uh, downloaded every single sermon he had on the life of David, which is a lot. I'm sorry. Um, and, and then downloaded uh, all the first and second Samuel in the Psalms to my iPod and biked to work every day, which was a 45 minute one way. Wow. Uh, and uh, listened to those. Mm. Uh, listen to First and Second Samuel in the Psalms multiple times over, and listen to each one of those sermons. And uh, there would be times that summer where people would be hanging out, you know, going out, playing cards, or doing something fun that mm-hmm. like you want to be a part of. And I just felt the Lord say, "No, just stay in your room." Mm. So I'd go to my room, and I'd play these two songs over and over again: "Man of Sorrows" by Hillsong. And Times by 10th Avenue North. Okay. <laughs> and if you've been a part of the King Life body, you've heard me sing Man of Stars quite a few times. And it may come out again on Easter Sunday. We'll oh, see. <laughs> a little highlight there. Preview. Um, yes. Um, but Times isn't necessarily a congregational song. But those, those two songs were what the Lord was connecting my heart in. And those, those times of commuting by myself, devoting myself to seeking after what God was doing in my heart in that, 
intimate way and uh, how I was seeking him just through worship, um, like doing these specific things that I felt like he was saying to do, mm-hmm. uh, really did a work in me that was specific for that season, but I don't think the Lord has, is ever not beckoning us to be closer. Right. Those look like different things. Mm-hmm. But so that would be my encouragement uh, to myself, but then also to anyone um, who is who's growing in this, um, is that the Lord is always trying to draw us closer. Mm. Um, and that's not to make yourself try harder um, or do more things, um, but it is, it is to do the specific things that he's asking you to do in that time. For me at that season, it was not hang out with that many people, mm. you know, which I'm an extrovert, so I wanted to do that. But instead, it, like at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, I'll just go and just play guitar and then go to bed at 9.30, get up at 5.30 and bike to work for 45 minutes, listening to the life of David. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was so formative for me. Um, and I, I wish, looking back on it, that I started doing that stuff earlier mm. um, because I just know that I had opportunities and uh, even look at my life right now and I'm like, oh, I could definitely be doing this and that. But, uh-huh. you know, what the Lord really wants is us to be surrendered to him, not yeah. to just do things out of duty. And yeah. so that would be and my encouragement. That's good. And I feel like the other thing um, is that the the Jesus in his grace and, and his mercy, He's he, I think it's such a great thing to remember is that he's a redeemer. Mm-hmm. And so he redeems the time. There is no lost time in the kingdom. Yeah. You know, so like the moment that you say yes, all the years that you said no, or all the years that you were distracted or whatever, like I really believe that the Lord redeems that. Mm-hmm. And he takes, you know, it, and, and it might make your current season more painful because he's making up for lost time, you know, and, and there's extra pruning that should have been done maybe over the course of five years is now happening in six months. And that's going to hurt a lot more in six months than it is over the course of five years. But I, you know, I just believe that the, that he redeems the time. And so that's really cool. And the other thing that I heard you say that I love is that, and, and I'm hearing this as a constant theme uh, with a, another podcast that I recently recorded is there was an intentional partnering on your part with that prophetic word mm-hmm. that you'd gotten. So uh, there wasn't just the prophetic word and you're like, oh, that's nice. That'll be cool when it happens someday. But you intentionally sought out resources to partner with that word of your life to see it come to pass. Yes. And uh, I think that that's really important. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to, I think you're, you're really going to hear that theme come up over and over again, because um, there's biblical models for that as well, where the people that the Lord used in his word were people who partnered with the promises that he had spoken over their lives. Um, I think very seldom are you going to see somebody just like whiplashed out of their current circumstances and, and put in a place of prominence or of authority because it's about the process. It's about the refinement. Yeah. And, um, I think that sometimes that process happens in spite of us. And sometimes that process happens in cooperation with us. And usually it's a lot less painful for us if if we're in cooperation (laughs) with the process than, uh, resisting. So, um, that's really great. Well, Tyler, why don't you close us out with a prayer? Um, and, uh, thanks so much for sitting down with me today. It's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Love having these conversations with people. And I hope that you as listeners are enjoying and getting a lot out of this, but Tyler, why don't you pray for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Father, I pray that you would release, uh, spirit of humility, both in Spencer and I right now and whoever's listening, 
Yeah, humility to serve um, and then to surrender to the things that you've spoken, mm-hmm. um, both in your word and uh, prophetically into our lives. Uh, would you increase uh, the revelation of, of what you've spoken, um, that we would not be blinded to what uh, you may be even trying to say to us, um, but that when we're reading the word, that it, things would just jump out. Mm. And um, when we receive prophetic words, that uh, things just be highlighted and like we know exactly what to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah Lord, release that revelation, that surrender of humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lord, I just also uh, pray for songs to be released in the secret place, um, that when we are surrendered to you there, things come out of our hearts, that are uh, songs being sung in heaven, and songs that are to be sung by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, thank you for releasing those songs in our body and uh, in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I uh, just want to pray against um, comparison yeah. and uh, a partnering with uh, the need to be better than other people or to be like someone else. Uh, God, break those. Yeah. And uh, would you uh, build people up um, to, to be who they are, um, not try to be something else. Uh, make them authentic and, and make them... Uh, raw God for for your purposes yeah Lord we love you mm-hmm. amen amen that's so good well you know we started with this <clears throat> kind of joke about what to call you worship pastor or whatever <laughs> but what I've heard over the last uh, half hour or so is that um, you are shepherding so well the people that God has entrusted with you and the congregation of Kingdom Life so I commend you for that and I thank you for for embracing your role of leadership and running with it so thanks for that. Thanks, yeah. It's been a great it's been a great honor to run with you yeah. uh, in this season. And so anyway, for those of you who are listening, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, if you haven't yet, I encourage you to subscribe to both of the Kingdom Life Church podcasts, our weekly sermon and this in depth, uh, because we've got a lot of great resources that are coming that we want to make sure that you do not miss. So until next time, thanks for going in depth.